And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, T Bob T McDonald now. Okay. Uh, what in the hell did you just say? I said I'm T Bob T McDonald now. Okay. So I need I need everybody to listen on here. Okay. Okay. Now I'm uh, I'm PTD the uh, sickly nephew. Can you pass a drug test? T Bob, get your ass off my chip, boy. I tell you what. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, it is me, P.T.D., and it's so sweet, I'll give it to you three times, P.T.D., 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 everybody loves me. I am here with my distinguished, and you can distinguish him by the size of his dong, my distinguished co-host, Wolf. Okay. Okay, I've been encouraging Cole to get a nickname and a persona. Uh, Wolf. <laughs> you want to explain a little bit? Uh, Wolf. Wolf. Damn it, boy. Okay, so we got a cutting edge, new break in the show, baby. We got Wolf now. As y'all all know, Cole got bit by the AIDS. Okay, uh, so we uh we are on a timeline now, folks. I mean, until Cole's dead, we are taking donations once again. That uh, that uh, cash app info or the uh, PayPal's gonna be p s h a h e e n zero at icloud.com. Just to be clear, I'm I'm not dying of of AIDS. I don't know why this. Keeps... I thought you were Wolf. Okay, I am Wolf. Wolf, we are not going to introduce a new character, and you immediately saddle him with AIDS. We're not doing I, that. I settled you with AIDS because it's true, folks. Um, send the donation, then. Let me tell you a story. Cole's got eight kids. When I was a kid. I was probably 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something in my front yard. I mm-hmm. saw it. It was trash. And I just went to go pick it up. And I picked it up, and it was an empty pack of cigarettes. But mm-hmm. when I picked it up, there was something sticky on it. And I was kind of a germ freak as a kid. My mom was very overprotective. So I ran inside kind of freaking out. Okay, But then once I got inside, I got sidetracked. And a little bit later, I kind of picked my nose a little bit. Uh-huh. And I remember that I had that sticky shit on my hand. Uh-huh. And for like five years, I was low-key afraid that I might have got AIDS. You do have AIDS. I hate to break it to you. No, I don't think I do. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Patrick the Dog Shane. And I am Cole Wolf. Henry. Okay, Cole Wolf. Uh, this is, of course, the infamous... MMA scope. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of shit to talk about. We haven't done an episode in a while because you, well, I'm just going to, you've been in prison. Uh, you're not allowed anywhere near a school. Nope. Uh, it's because you went on a rampage beating up school principals for no clear reason. Uh, flashbacks, man. They, they happen to you in weird times. You know? I, I understand. Uh, it was tough growing up on the streets of Taiwan and your parents fighting to escape. And Just to be clear, that is Taiwan, Georgia. Uh, you know, it, it, it's awful. It's awful. Um, all right, we're going to look a little bit at UFC Fight Night Copenhagen. Not really much at all, just because it's already been a few weeks back. Okay. 
but we we had uh, some some good undercard performances. We saw uh, Lisa Landsberg upset Macy Chesson. Mark Yakase beat Lando Venata. Jack Shore made a successful debut. John Phillips uh, committed a murder on uh, Alan Amadovsky. Yes, he did. Uh, undercard was was solid. Uh, onto the main card. A lot of fun fights. Uh, Nicholas Dalby got a decision over Alex Oliveira that some people thought was questionable, but it was such a close fight. Uh, OSP came back from an interesting, or from a, a rough first round to beat Michael Olachuk. What uh, is OSP doing? Uh, what's OSP doing? Yeah, I mean, like, why is he winning fights? Mm, well, uh, he was one in three in his previous four before this fight. But I mean, he's just one of those guys. He's just. Just gonna win a fight. He'll win some and he'll lose. I mean, overall, he wins a whole lot more than he loses. But he's mostly beating uh, like prospect. I mean, you know, his last three wins, he beat Michael Olachek, he beat Tyson Pedro, and then he did have the win over Corey Anderson back in two thousand seventeen. But uh, since then, he's lost to Alela Latifi, Dominic Reyes, and Nikita Krylov. So he's just kind of a middling fighter at this point. But he's a, a tough test. He is thirty six though, so uh, middling. Yeah. Huh? Middling. Middle of the road. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ion Leva beat up Khalil Roundtree. Gilbert Burns beat Gunnar Nelson. Mark Madsen made a successful debut. And then the main thing I want to talk about, Jared Cannonier beat Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson was ranked, I think, number four going into this fight. Yes, he was. Yeah, and uh, Cannonier was an underdog. And Cannonier's a guy that you know, I think he's kind of overlooked because he's got so many losses in the UFC up to this point. But they all came... At um, higher weight classes, uh, as a middleweight, he is three and zero, three stoppage wins. Uh, guy hits really hard. Here's my question for you: Jared Cannonier versus Israel Adesanya. Uh, competitive, one-sided. What, what are your thoughts on? I gotta say, it'd be competitive. Um, Israel, uh, Israel was on the top of his game Saturday night. Uh, but Jerry Cannonier at 185 is an absolute monster. I would love to question how Cannonier would deal with the length, but we've seen it before. Uh, I, I would pick Adesanya, but I think Cannonier is a guy at 185 that legitimately could be a top three or four guy. Yeah, he, uh, I guess, what is his ranking now? He's going to be top he's ranking, five now. He, Yeah, he's number five now. Uh, looking at him, you know, he's 35, so if he's going to get a title shot, it'll probably be probably be uh, during this run that he's on now. He, he beat David Branch, beat Anderson Silva, and now Jack Hermanson. Um, it's doubtful he'll be next for the title. Um, I believe it was David McGrath that suggested he fight the winner of Kelvin Gaslam and Darren Till, and I, I kind of like that matchup, especially if it's Gaslam that wins there. Um but uh, it'd be interesting to see how he would deal with you know the range and control of Adesanya. He might be a better athlete. It's tough to say, but he's definitely a stronger, more powerful guy. Um, what are the chances you think that he can uh, that he can get to that title fight? Um, that's the kind of fight he'd need to get it after one more fight is is Gaslam. Uh, I think if Gaslam wins his respective fight coming up. Why is Gaslam not the number one contender? Because he put on one of the fights of the year. Well, what I'm going to say is going to be the fight of the year in 2019 with Israel Adesanya. Uh, you know, uh, who's at 185? Who's at the top? Uh, Yoel going to get a shot at Israel? I think the, the obvious, the first obvious Paula guy Costa. is Paula Costa. Yeah. So um, that has to happen. And then you got 
you know, Kevin Gaslam, who after Izzy beats that and he wins his next fight, maybe he's the guy. But to ensure that, you could definitely fight a number five cannoneer and get the shot. If that, if both men get a title guarantee, if they win, then I would make that fight. Um, yeah, I was reading an article today with Jesse Holland. I think he writes for, I can't remember who he writes for, but he had this article where he thinks that, uh, you know, looking at, basically he just said he doesn't think that Romero will be able to get a shot at Adesanya because basically he credited uh, the fights with Romero that Whitaker had is basically, he basically suggested he's a shell of what he once was because of those fights. Whether or not that's true, it's just his opinion. I'm more so interested, though, in the fact, or or more so pointing out the fact that he thinks that Romero probably won't get a shot, which I agree with. Costa's a logical one. Whitaker, there's no reason to think he'd get a rematch. Gaslam's there. Then you've got Cannoneer. And after that, I mean, you've got Hermanson, who would definitely need a few wins. But beyond that, I mean, Sosa, Weidman, Brunson, you know, half of those guys aren't even in the division anymore. I'll agree with you that it doesn't make sense for Whitaker to get an immediate shot. But if he gets hungry and he starts taking fights, like a guy who wants to get back to a title shot, shot, one big win, maybe two wins... Gets him right back there. I mean, I think 185 is a very top-heavy division, and one of the mainstays at the top, Yoel Romero, is on a downfall right now. And I say that based on one performance against Paulo Costa, in which he didn't look terrible, but it definitely wasn't his best performance. So Paulo Costa is the obvious guy. And I remember it was about a year and a half ago when the UFC brought both of these guys in, and they both looked like super freaks at 185. And, you know, you I remember thinking, like, hey, these guys might fight for a title one day. And a year and a half later, we're to the point where we're saying that the logical fight is these guys who came into the UFC less than two years ago. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're suddenly the two young guys in somewhat of an aging division. And I um, think they'll be the guys in that division for quite some time. I think another guy to look out for is Kevin Gaslam. Uh, you putting any credence on... Uh... Paulo Costa's fears that he could potentially uh, get his first get his first kill in the Israel Adesanya fight. He seems to think he'll kill him for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Paulo Costa uh, says some of the dumbest shit. Yeah, that anybody will say. And I'm not as sold on Paula as I am Israel. Meaning that Paulo looks very good. I will say. I mean, dealing with Yoel Romero's tough. tough. That, that is a really a real quality tough. win. But he didn't outclass him by any means. Yeah, I just up to this point, you know, we haven't seen Costa capable of anything outside of striking, and obviously he's a very powerful striker. But uh, you know, Adesanya is as well. So uh, when I, and I guess more so in his sense, it's more technical and just he, he's extremely efficient. Fluid is all get out, yeah. man. And uh, you know, will Costa be able to hit Adesanya? I don't know. I mean, we've seen that it doesn't take much for him to put a guy out. So it's definitely a really fun fight, but um. Anyway, all right, we're going to uh, move on to uh, 243. Uh, what did you give the card overall in terms of a grade? I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. I think the final three fights, definitely, those are the three fights you want people spending their money on, and those lived up to it. Up until that point, there were some good fighters. It was local fighters a lot and I, I like that you know it makes sense hey we got a card in Australia we have a decent number of Australian fighters let's get them on the card let's get them in front of their home fans and you know even for the early fights in a venue that held 57 plus thousand they said there were 20,000 people in there for the early fights and I mean that makes for a good atmosphere for young fighters coming up in the ranks and uh, 
hell of a card. Hell of a hell of a card. Um, what would you it? grade it? Uh, I think it was it was a solid card. I gave it like a B or so. I mean, the, a few of the undercard fights weren't great, I guess, but uh, overall it was it was a pretty good card. Um, the main card was was pretty good. Jorgen De Castro looked great uh, in his fight. Overall, though, uh, yeah, it was a solid card, and the the two main or two main event, the co-main event, just put it uh, a little higher um, than where it would have been. Uh, anyway, we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, any surprise in the way that Dan Hooker beat Ally Quinta? Yeah, yeah, you don't expect to see that. Al is one of the toughest son of bitches in the in the toughest division there is, and uh, to beat Al, you have to be at your best. Dan Hooker was absolutely that, and uh, I didn't see him beating him up because that's what he did. Outstruck him from the first bell on, uh, stayed off of the ground without, which is the right idea. And to show me that you can stop a guy like Ally Aquinta taking you down, that bodes well going in the future in what is now a top 10 Dan Hooker. Yeah, I guess that's the main thing. I mean, if you look at Ally Aquinta, uh, you know, he doesn't have the highest quality wins, really. Really, his best wins are those Kevin Lee wins. And aside from that, you know, he, he beat uh, an older Diego Sanchez. Uh, you know, he had the split decision win over Jorge Masvidal. Really, he's a guy that's, that's best known, really, for the, for his loss to Khabib. But with that being said, he is overall a good fighter. Um, I think we saw in the Donald Cerrone fight, though, that he just doesn't deal well with a guy. You know, if he can't close the distance, he can't really do much of anything. And, uh, you know, you could have chalked that up to just being Cerrone, but then we kind of saw the same sort of thing in the Dan Hooker fight. Dan Hooker just, he, it, that fight went exactly the way that you would expect. You know, Dan Hooker just stayed away from him when he needed to, and otherwise he was just hitting him with precision strikes. And uh, there was a few times where it looked like he was going to get a finish, but Ali Quinta, uh, that would have been the first knockout loss of his career. Yeah. Al's a tough son of a yeah, bitch, he, and you're not knocking him out. He can definitely take a shot. Um, Dan and, Hooker was crisp. Yeah, all night. And this was such a huge night for him and his team. Uh, City kickboxing. They had, you know, he was in this fight. They had some other guys in the car. Then of course you had Israel Adesanya in the main event. But uh, you know these these guys obviously uh, Adesanya has already won the belt. But Dan Hooker looks like uh, he could end up being a contender at lightweight. I mean it's it's going to be tough. You know, looking at the top of that division, he called out Dustin Poirier. Uh, I doubt we'll see that fight. But uh, he's not far from from that uh, from that level of, of fighter, I'd say. Um, I mean, he's not far from getting that level of fight. Uh, Dan Hooker, I thought he was biting too big of a, a cash and whatever the saying is. I thought he was calling for too much when he was calling for Al. I was wrong about that. Dustin Poirier is a different level than Al. And if he gets somebody close to the level of Poirier, a top five guy, you know, why not? If I'm Dan Hooker, I'm thinking, why not run it back with Edson? Something like that. But he's thinking big, and that, that bodes well for young fighters sometimes. Yeah, he's got uh, it's back-to-back. He knocked out James Vick, and then the ally went to win. That's, uh, yeah, James Vick is a huge victory. Yeah. Huge victory. Big James Vick fan. Big James Vick fan. I probably picked James Vick to beat Dan Hooker. If you go back and rewind some episodes, I bet you you'll find that. So, hey, what do I know? Um, all right, then the main event, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Um, I guess we'll start off before we get into 
the more detailed stuff. Just what uh, what did you think of Robert Whittaker's performance overall? Uninspired. Um, one word, uninspired. Yeah. I think he definitely looked off. I don't know if... I mean, anytime you say a fighter looks off, it implies that there was something wrong with them. It very right. easily could have been. You know, Adesanya was just too much. He, you know, he just couldn't hit him. Uh, but to me, it looked like he was trying to use sort of like a karate, like almost like the... Um, you know how MVP fights sort of the point fighting like uh, like dash and bash type thing like right. or, or bash and dash but I forget what the anyway it's like he would uh, you know he was he was kind of sort of in a horse dance kind of at a distance just in front of Adesanya and then he kind of try to rush in with these sort of unorthodox hooks and stuff and Adesanya is uh, great at rolling and and getting away from I, such stuff yeah and just it just seemed like the worst possible game plan to fight a, a much longer kickboxer because yeah. I mean he just was running in the straights the whole night there um, was no I mean there was some half-hearted takedown attempts that most didn't come to fruition uh you know I'm thinking if I'm Robert Whitaker, my idea is to pressure 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 like Kevin Gaslam but that obviously wasn't the case when Robert Whitaker exploded he was throwing up just sweeping overhand hooks and a guy like Israel Adesanya, you're not going to hit with those. Yeah. It's too elusive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I picked Adesanya to win, but I didn't... I really thought we'd see the type of fight where Whitaker would try to implement his wrestling a little more, because you hear all the time about how he spends all this time wrestling. He uh, <clears throat> competes in national tournaments. And, uh, you know, his last few fights, Robert, I mean, uh, Yoel Romero, you understand why he didn't try to mix it up too, too much. You're probably not going to win those battles with an Olympic caliber guy. But Adesanya, I mean, you would, it would seem like, you know, common sense would tell you the way to beat him is to mix it up. Because right. he's, he's proven himself to be hittable. But maybe it's not the best idea to just strike with him. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, it just kind of seemed like Kelvin Gaslam had a pretty good game plan. And his striking was, he, he prepared for his striking very well. Robert Whitaker wasn't able to stay inside. He'd explode, he'd get inside, and then in a heartbeat, Israel's out of the way. Whereas Kevin Gaslam was able to cut corners, it was very technical boxing, which no one's ever you know said Robert Whitaker's a, a great boxer. He's a hell of a striker. But uh, you'd look for a little more technical cage control to cut off Israel's movement, and he just wasn't able to do that. And when you give Israel... Free range, he's going to tee off as many times as he wants. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it, 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 it's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that this is the same guy that knocked out Jacare Souza, that knocked out. He just didn't look. No. You know, and I don't know if it was his style. I, I can't really quite put my finger on it, but. Uh, and again, you know, he hadn't fought since. Uh, when was the last time he'd fought? Ring rust could be a very big factor. Yeah, it had been a while since his last fight, June how, 2018. So, uh, How many technical defenses did he have? How many defenses did he have where both guys made weight? None. He never technically won the belt either, if, if I remember yeah. correctly. Let's Bisping see. retired. Well, he, yeah, Bisping lost the belt to George St. Pierre. GSP retires. Yeah, and what happened was he beat... Yoel Romero for the interim title. But Yoel didn't make weight that fight. I think he did for this Okay. But this one, Robert Whitaker won and was later just promoted to champion once GSP retired, I guess. Yeah, I think that was... And then the rematch... Was for the belt. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, 
I guess it wasn't technically a title defense. He made weight for the title defense. Romero missed weight. Right. So, I mean, there was no way he could have lost the belt. But, you know, I mean, he, he would have had a title win. defense. And he did win that fight. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll give it. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. I mean, people are already trying to shit on Whitaker, you know, saying he was never a good champion. Damn blah, good blah. fighter. He yeah. won the belt in all fairness. Uh, this reminds me of the situation. You know, you can look back to, um, and I know, you know, Israel Desanya is going to be compared to Anderson Silva for his entire career. It's just going to happen, I think. They uh, they have somewhat similar styles. They're both middleweights. They've competed against each other before, and they both are into, uh, I don't know what what the right word would be, but they're both, um, I don't, dis- I don't know if discipline's the correct word. I can't think of the right word, but, uh, it's like, they're always channeling something. I just don't know what the right word would be to describe it, but, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's that comparison there. So, uh, I'll have to make another one here. You know, Rich Franklin was this really good middleweight. He was beating everybody. But then when he got in there against Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva was just bringing, a new level, you know, MMA changed after Anderson Silva got there. And I think that's sort of maybe what we saw here, not to take anything away from Robert Whitaker, but I think he just ran into, you know, the next evolution of an MMA fighter. And, you know, Israel Adesanya is on, on paper not well-rounded. He's a kickboxer. We've never seen his his grappling, um, y- you know. Against an Italian guy we did. That's true. And his, it didn't second fight, his second fight in the UFC was a close decision to Vittori, right? Yeah. What, what's his first name? Uh, Marvin. Marvin Vittori. It, that was Israel's ugliest fight in the UFC. Uh, his most competitive was Gaslam. And look, Gaslam brought it that night. Gaslam had one of the best fights Kevin, Kelvin Gaslam's ever going to put on. Robert Whitaker did not show up at the top of his game. And I don't think it matters if he does. Uh, you know, Israel, like you said, he brought something Robert Whitaker's probably never seen. And I think he's going to bring something to every fight going forward that the guy's never seen. What do you think? Do you what's what's your feel around the John Jones? Is he hype? I mean, should they rush it? Should they definitely not? Because there's three or four legitimate contenders at middleweight. I, I definitely think they should hold off on it because the thing is, I mean, Israel Asanya, I mean, he looks great, but I, I think you know. While people are arguing for this fight, they're kind of forgetting that John Jones is John Jones. And I think what people are wanting, they want a guy to beat John Jones so bad, they're willing to sacrifice Israel Adesanya to see it happen. And what I mean by that is, you know, if he goes up now, the fight means something. But if he wins three, four defenses at middleweight and then keeps building his star, you know, love him or hate him, I think people are going to care about him. You know, let him grow into a bigger star. And then let them fight sometime down the road. And I just don't know that um, it's necessary to do it right now. Because John Jones is John Jones. He's the best fighter in the world. He's never lost. And I don't think it's at all a foregone conclusion that Adesanya would move up and be able to beat him. I've been reading people all day on Twitter talking about, you know, breaking down the fight about how Adesanya would do this and do that. And I just, John Jones is a a much, much bigger dude. Well, let me break down uh, Dana's thinking behind this. Dana knows once Johnny gets there, it's over. And Johnny's the new show, and he knows nobody's ever going to beat Johnny. Johnny Hendricks? Johnny Walker. Oh. Yeah. Johnny Hendricks was a world champion. No, Johnny Walker uh, is different. Okay. Johnny Walker Mm -hmm. 
is the greatest thing that ever happened in the sport. So, Walker. Yeah. Have you ever seen him fight? Do you think he gets past Corey Anderson? I'm sorry. He gets past Corey Anderson in 46 seconds, which is longer than his fight average. Corey Anderson's the type of dude to ruin a prospect with his wrestling. Mm -hmm. 46 seconds, Johnny Walker will be doing a dry hump worm hybrid uh, on Corey Anderson's body. I think that's what Corey Anderson will be doing to him with his. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't. Uh, Johnny Hendricks. My point being is Johnny Hendricks going to be the 205 champion. In less so than Johnny Hendricks. I agree. No. I agree. Johnny Walker is going to be the number, uh, the champ in less than a year. And if you're going to make history on John Matter, it's got to happen real soon. Because John Jones is old news. I'm telling you. Wow. Johnny Walker. I'm gonna every every time we record, I'm gonna pitch Johnny Walker line because you know he's the best fighter the UFC's ever seen. It's kind of lulling at this point, just knowing like okay, I know what the future holds. Johnny Walker's PV, PVP in three years, and there's nobody that could even think about beating him. Uh, two weight champion, heavyweight and light heavyweight. Uh, Do you say PVP? Is that like player versus player? Pound for pound. I hate you. Um, what? I'm just... I hate you. I'm quitting. Wow! Did Vanilla Ice cut your hair? I'm gonna... <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, we've rambled, rambled on about that long enough. Uh, moving on to some more stuff about Israel Adesanya. Um, do you think... You know, a lot of people are making this out to be a, a big moment for him. Like, the, he's going to... Be, become this massive star. Um, do you think he's there now? Or do you think he's going to need a few more fights? Do you think it's being overblown? Do you think it's being under, under or overlooked? What? Uh, what I mean, your... When you look at a fighter's blow up, you're always going to compare it to Connor, and it doesn't match up to Connor. Uh, you know, like you said, if he does go up to two hundred five, he's either losing to John Jones or, or Johnny Walker, uh, depending on when that happens. So, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He has reached stardom so quickly in this sport where it is very hard to reach stardom. Out of 100 UFC fighters that get to the top of division in less than two years and and have a huge following in that amount of time, it's it's less than one out of 100. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think he is a big star. I will say this, though. I think you can only become so much of a star with what he's done so far. And this isn't anything against him. But he will always be compared, again, to McGregor in terms of his rise. Because at the beginning of his career, he talked about how much he admired McGregor. About how, you know, that's the way to do things. And it definitely seems, you know, earlier this week he was saying how he was going to knock out Whitaker. And he made a point in, in pointing out that he called it. You know, he's definitely trying to follow the same formula. Um, I think the difference here, you know, McGregor captured the imagination of the MMA world long before he did the mainstream. And uh, I, th- I think, you know, what really, really helped him was that he, he was able to do the, the world tours. Those were massive. You know, those were all over YouTube. People were talking about those. But he also had uh, opponents that, you know, originally Jose Aldo, but then Nate Diaz that sort of brought out the best in, um, in his trash-talking abilities. And, and people like that for some reason. And, and Adesanya, I don't know that he's had really that equal yet, at least on paper. Um, Whitaker could have been that. He just he wasn't for some reason. Robert Whitaker's very soft-spoken, and it didn't seem like Adesanya was really getting to him. So I just don't think it had the same um, sort of impact that McGregor 
uh, had. With that being said, I think Adesanya, he's a bigger guy, and I think that is going to play a part in this. You know, one thing you hear about McGregor is how small he is. You know, Israel Adesanya is six foot four. He's a big dude. I think that uh, eventually he'll become um, a big star if he keeps on winning. And when I say a big star, I mean outside of just the MMA world. But uh, I think I think he'll find a shitload of popularity in his corner of the world. I think he already has. I think his American fan base is growing. Uh, to capsulate the minds like Conor McGregor did, man, to sell a million pay-per-views in the UFC is so hard. Uh, will he ever get there? I think he'll get to the high hundred thousands. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, seven, eight hundred, but. It's just so hard to replicate what Conor McGregor is doing because the Conor McGregor story is not over. But in his own right, he is a major star. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. that The Conor McGregor story is his own. And a lot of the comparisons, that they're not going to really ultimately make sense because you know, they're two different guys here. But uh, with that being said, Adesanya's off to a great start. He's undefeated. He's got that going for him. I think he's got a ton of stuff going for him. Uh, it's just a matter of him... Um, you know who had the most meteoric rise of all time? Bashkoaya? Mickey Gall. Oh. Okay. Bashkoaya did have a pretty meteoric rise. Bitch would fuck you up. Ooh. Hate to be that guy. Um. Let's not do this. Let's not do this uh, while recording a family-friendly podcast, I, please. You just said fuck. I don't cuss. You just said You're it. lying to our listeners. It's literally on record. They can't rewind it, so fuck you. They will be able to rewind it. I don't give a fuck. You just... I've never said that word in my life. God. When did you get that neck tattoo? Uh, while in prison. Oh, God. It says, uh, BH for life. I want to be P. For life, but they gave me BH. Stands for butthole for life. Um, I want a butt plug for life. Okay. They gave me BH instead. Wow. That's what all the. So you just put the wrong letter? That's what everybody in the courtyard called me. BH. Come here, butthole. So everybody in prison called you butthole? Yeah. Wow, that must have been a long. How, how, how long were you in? 14 days. My God. Yeah. Bet they poked you full of holes, didn't they? Nope. Oh. Uh, I don't want to go down this road. Uh, neither did they. Neither did they. Anyway, uh, real quick, we're just going to go over UFC Fight Night, uh, whatever this one is, 161. Where is it at? Um, it is in Tampa, Florida. Beautiful Tampa Bay, yeah, Florida. Um, Obviously, the Buccaneers having a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice card on paper. We've got Marvin Vittori. We just mentioned him uh, fighting Andrew Sanchez. Is that a big fight? No. Okay. Uh, Marlon Vera and Andre Ewell, uh, Max Griffin, Alex Morano, Davison Figueredo, and Tim Elliott in the revived flyweight division. Uh, we got Ryan Spann fighting Devin Clark and then Nico Price versus James Vick. 
Uh, that will be Vic's UFC welterweight debut, and that's the preliminary card. Um, Nico Perez is about to smash James I, I, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, yeah. Uh, main card, Eric Anders, Jared Mearshart. Uh, fun fight between two fan favorites. And we've got Matt Fravola versus Luis Pena. That's a really good fight. Okay, so we... we st- uh, were you with? Was that Atlanta or were we together? No, no, that was Atlanta. So in Atlanta, Frivola fought, and his nickname is Steamroller, and a and he's from you know the New England area, the New York area, Jersey area, and a bunch of his cronies came and they were just saying Steamroller, and I admired the shit out of that. You don't want to call him Steamroller, right? Uh, because he smokes marijuana out of the piece that they call a steamroller. No. When he was a kid, he fucking was in this neighborhood in New York that was being built for the elderly. And there was a group of elderly uh, touring the new homes. And uh, there was a steamroller by the sidewalk they were using to pave the new road. And he he ran up and he he just goes, steam, just like you were yelling. He just yelled it. He just loved steamrollers as a kid. But he jumped up into it and the clumsy little fuck slipped. And his forehead smashed into this... this uh, like shifter that sent the steamroller down the road. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the group of elderly uh, did not hear or notice in time, and okay. um, they were. You just wasted ninety seconds <laughs> of these good people's lives <laughs> going in a story about Matt Steamroller Favola. It's true. Okay, it's a true story. Okay. It's tragic. We'll uh, we'll fact check this. Uh, no, don't. Uh, Mackenzie Dern returns to action. Uh, she just had a baby, like, not long ago at all. Good for Mackenzie. Yeah, so but props to her uh, for having a kid. That's awesome. And then getting back into the octagon uh, real quick. Then uh, co-main event, Crone Gracie, who also just had a baby. Uh, no, nah, that's, that's not true. Uh, is fighting Cub Swanson. Uh, and then in the main event, Joanny and Jacek versus Michelle. Pass me that water, son. Um... I guess what, what do you just want to talk about a few of these fights? Shout out takes. to Ryan Spann real quick, kid out of Beaumont, Texas. Man, huge fan. I uh, hope hope he does well. Yeah, he. Uh, what is he? Two and one in the UFC. Yes, maybe three and one. I now. think he's three and one. I, I don't think he has an official UFC loss. I think that loss was on the Contender Series. Okay, so I think he might be three two, and zero. Two or zero. Yeah, two and zero or three and zero in the UFC. And he's fighting uh, Devin Clark. Devin Clark is out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So he probably had a ton of really cool friends growing up. Uh, probably had to defend himself from a lot of meth heads. And bears. Uh, so, yeah, tough kid. Yeah, fucking bears. Anyway, he uh, he's had an, a so-so UFC career, 4-3. and three, uh, Wins over Josh Dansbury, Jake Collier, Mike Rodriguez. And then he beat Darko Stochik in his last fight. Uh, a lot of people were pretty hyped on Stochik, so that was a nice win. Uh, yeah, and he's fighting Ryan Spann, who we mentioned. Um, I guess we'll just go over the main card. Uh, Eric Anders, uh... Got his ass whooped! Last time stepping in an octagon, I was there for that fight. That was in Atlanta against a Khalil Roundtree that looked unstoppable and then gets stopped in his last fight. So, Eric Anders... Took an ass whooping from a man who didn't look majorly impressive up to that point in his career in the UFC. And then the next time he goes out and he lays an egg. Uh, So that really makes you wonder, uh, Eric Anders. He KO'd Vinicius Moreira in a minute and 18 seconds in June. June. 
uh, which was two months after that Khalil Roundtree. He should drive. not have been wild. That, that's what. Oh, that's why I'm pointing it out. Like he fought, <laughs> that 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 fight. He fought like three months later. Okay. That's hilarious. But I actually is coming off a win over Vinicius Moreira, who I don't like particularly criticizing fighters, but that poor guy probably not going to be around in the UFC anymore. Okay. Owen three. He's been viciously stopped in three fights. Um, that'll probably be the end of him. Anyway, uh, Eric Anders against Gerald Mearshart. This is uh, Anders' middleweight debut, by the way. Uh, as far as Mearshart, though, he has been a, a, a decent member of the UFC roster. Uh, five and three overall. Uh, coming off one over Trevin Giles. Um, he's a solid fighter. He's mostly a jiu-jitsu guy. I got Mearshart. Uh, I'm going to think... I guess we, we, yeah, might as, we might as well do picks here. Um I'm going to probably go with Eric Anders. He's a pretty good athlete, and I think he can generally win, uh, you know, on that alone. He played for a coach that taught him satanic values and how to not control your urges and act upon all of them. Patrick, as a child, trick-or-treated in uh, the same town that Nick Saban lived in. And when he knocked on Nick Saban's door, Nick Saban opened it, uh... And Pat said, trick or treat. And Nick Saban said, kid, tell your mother to get you some Slim Fast. And then he slammed the door in his face. And ever since then, Patrick has really disliked Nick Saban. Um, is that true? Yes. thought so. Uh, to suggest that me and Nick Saban lived in the same neighborhood is bold. <laughs> well, you didn't suggest that. No. You suggested we drove and... Like poor kids do. Your parents to rich had, neighborhoods. Yeah, your parents had just been arrested for loitering. You had run from the cops, and <laughs> it was awful. Oh, it was terrible. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah, he played for Nick Saban. So next stuff. Fun stuff there. Uh, everything I've said tonight's been true, by the way. Okay. Our fine listeners will believe, including the stuff about you. All right, Matt Frivola and Luis Pena. Um, Steamroller! Louis Pena. That's not Violent Bob Ross. Yeah, it is. Damn it, boy. That's what I'm saying. This is a solid little fight. Yeah, Steamroller wasn't supposed to win that fight in Atlanta either. Steamroller on a steamroll right now. What's his record over in his UFC career? Uh, He is three. Oh, wait. Matt Frivola? Yeah. Uh, I think he's one and one with a draw. Okay. I I guess I can check. I've got a computer in front of me. Uh, Uh, He is... Yes, one and one with a draw, then he won his contender series fight. He was knocked out by Polo Reyes. And this is a 145? No, 155. So Peng is moving up to 155 after fighting at 135 less than a year ago. No, he didn't actually. He he fought at 145 and said he could make 135, but ended up missing weight for the 145 pound fight, so he's moved up to 155. He should be fighting at at least 170, but whatever. Uh, he did look good in his last lightweight. I mean, he doesn't have a huge frame, but you could argue that that's because he's been starving himself since at least 2016, when his MMA career started. Yeah, he probably can't afford food. Um, what do you think? Um, it's honestly kind of a tough fight to call. I mean, probably Pena. Provola looked really good against... Uh, 
against Jalen Turner is the thing, which kind of throws a wrench yeah. in things. Yeah, that's who that was in Atlanta. It was Jalen Turner, and Jalen Turner was the heavy favorite in that one. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if that was just like a rocky moment for him, like a you know a Rudy moment. Jalen Turner is bigger than Lewis Pena, it seems. Yeah, uh, the thing is, Pena's got such a good camp around him. I gotta figure they're teaching him how to use that range. He has about a six inch height advantage on Frivola. He's got a much longer reach advantage. Uh, I'm probably going to go with Pena here. I mean, yeah, with Pena. I think he really looked, you know, really good against Matt Weeman um, on the Greenville card earlier this year. Uh, you know, it'll, I think that Frivola's going to have a hard time getting inside to land much of anything. But again, I thought the same thing about Jalen Turner. But, um,. I really like what Pena's doing right now. I'm so. going to go with my boys up in New Jersey here and go steamroller. I think Pena's looked really good and really bad in his UFC career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go with my boy steamroller. Speaking of New Jersey, you should uh, check out the uh, Fighting With Myself podcast. Available after most major MMA events. Uh, it's pretty much a, a weekly thing. Uh, so uh, shout out. Also, you can check out the Fook with David McGrath, and uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting. Oh, Sporticus Live with uh, with Sean Covington. So uh, so there we go. Had to, had to do those real quick, quick segue. Um, so yeah, back to the fights. Uh, women's strawweight, Mackenzie Dern, Amanda Rebos. Uh, you know, I think this is a fight uh, meant for, for Dern to come back and uh, pick up a win. This is her first fight since... Um, May of 2018, again, she had a child. Um, you know, people are going to always mention weight issues with her. I should clarify. Uh, she's missed weight in, uh, I think, three of her seven professional bouts. So uh, it has been an issue. Uh, hopefully she will get that resolved, though, because she's a great prospect in a division that, uh, you know, would have a lot of fun fights for if she can get to where a lot of people expect her to be. Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Dern in that one. Uh, probably a submission. Uh, you know, a lot of times with really good jiu-jitsu fighters, it gets to a point where their opponents know what they're going to try to do. So uh, when they go to the ground, they just play pure defense, and you'll get a lot of decisions. But I'm, I'm going to go with Dern here to get a submission. Uh, I haven't seen the other girl fight, and I'm not going to pretend like I have, but okay. I have seen Mackenzie Dern fighting. She's a pretty darn good fighter, so... Uh, I'm going to go with my girl Dern. I always like to point this out just because it's fucking wild. Uh, she has a win over Gabby Garcia in a jiu-jitsu match. But Gabby Garcia is uh, is huge. Just to be clear, she's six foot two, 235 pounds. Whoops, your ass. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm let's not do this. Uh, What's our next fight? Uh, Michelle Watterson uh, and Joanna uh, Jindacek? Uh, I don't know what to say. Tampa's lucky to get this card. Johanna making a comeback. She'd probably beat me up, but I could fit. Okay, more. let's get on to the next no, fight. No, I could fit more comfortably in a, in, a, in a fair as well, which matters to me. But as someone who can't fit in any Ferris wheel on the face of the earth, uh, I'm about to cry. Mm. So. Up next is uh, Cub Swanson and Chrome Gracie. Mm-hmm. Uh, both who would whip your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, big step up in competition for Crone Gracie. It absolutely is. You know, at least on paper, you know, he's going for fighting Bruce Leroy. 
Cub hasn't looked great. To fighting Cub Swanson. But yeah, like you just said, Cub hasn't looked great. In fact, he has lost four straight um, two by stoppage. Now, three of those are against really good competition. Brian Ortega, Frankie Edgar, Hinata Maikano, and Shane Burgos. Um, you know, two of those losses are by submission, but, you know, Chrome Gracie's not shown himself to be a great striker. He's kind of shown himself to be a little reckless. Um, you know, I think kind of his goal is to throw these reckless punches to get his opponents to, to cover up, and then he just tries to get inside and drag you down. Uh, you know, this could easily be the type of fight that goes that way where, you know, he just takes Cub Swanson down and submits him really quickly. Uh, it's tough to say, though, what would happen if Cub Swanson was able to implement any of his striking. Um, Slaps Crone around? I mean, now you got to figure. I just don't know what Crone's doing in terms of striking. Well, working with the Diaz boys, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe that's working out. It seems like a, a lot of... I think they just uh, get high and roll. I think that's what they do. That's what I'm afraid of. And, you know, a lot of the Gracies seem to carry this uh, idea that jiu-jitsu is all they need. So, uh... Which isn't the case. You know, uh... It's worked for them up to this point, but again, you know, this is a, a step it, up in it competition. It worked for one of them. No, I mean for him, just in oh, his okay. career yeah, up to this point. Fair. Crone's on a roll, man. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Crone Gracie here just because it's difficult for me to pick a guy that's lost four straight fights. It's not like Crone's incompetent. He just is inexperienced in MMA. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him to get the win here. Uh, if Cub Swanson can win, it'll probably prolong his career. I don't think he'll be cut. But, you know, if you lose five straight fights, surely you start thinking about other things. Um, I still feel like Cub can strike at an elite level. Uh, against a guy that wants nothing to do with Cub on the feet, I think he'll find success. I'm going to go Cub Swanson with a third-round knockout. Nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, main event, Yoni and Jacek and Michelle Watterson. Uh, take the floor. I like what Michelle Watterson's been doing in the octagon over the last two years. Joanna hasn't been present very much in the last two years. What was Joanna's last fight? Um, Tisha Torres. And she won that fight. Yeah. And what weight class was that? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Damn. Her last fight was a Shevchenko fight. That was... And that didn't go well. No, December 8th, 2018. So, yeah, this will be her first fight in almost a year. Yep. Uh, and my girl Michelle has been busy. Uh, she's looking at that title like it's attainable, and that definitely is the case if she can beat Joanna Jacek. Yeah. She's won three straight, Courtney Casey, Fleece Harry, and Carolina Kowalkechek. So this is definitely a big step up, but, you know, um, Watterson is solid. I just, I don't know if I've seen anything from Joanna that would lead me to think that she's going to lose at this weight class to anybody other than Rose Namajunas, who just seems to have her number. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Joanna is a year older. It's a tough fight to call, really. I mean, I'm going I'm going to pick Joanna. But uh, really just because of what she's done in the past. Like you said, she's, she's competed so infrequently lately. It's kind of difficult to say where she's going to be at. Um, you know, she has technically won two in her last three as a straw weight. and then I picked against more. Watterson a lot in her UFC career. Yeah. And I regret a lot of those because I was wrong about all of them. So uh, I think what Michelle Watterson lacks in size, she makes up for in power. As you said, she was an atom weight. Uh, she fought at 105. Crazy. This is 10 pounds higher than that against one of the best women to ever do it in this division. 
but I think she'll be able to get inside and land her shots. And Joanna doesn't like getting hit. She's not a big fan. She avoids it by using a stiff jab and good head movement. But does that matter when a girl, I think, who's more agile on the feet than you is coming at you with kicks you probably haven't seen in the octagon? I don't know. I'm spitballing. Rose is a damn good striker as well. Uh, I'm going to go Watterson. A better name for this podcast would be spitballing. Anyway, uh, bold pick. Two bold picks in a row. I like it. I yeah, like the picks. Uh, huh? Yeah, Steamroller. I'm riding that kid to the championship. You've really had quite a few... Steamroller! You didn't pick Amanda Reboss, did you? No. Damn, okay. Why would I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, all right, that's pretty much, if we look at three cards, it's, it's a lot. We've been recording this for, we've been in here for, I think, six and a half hours. So, uh, is my clock wrong? Has it been? Uh, if you've been wondering who's licking their scrotum, it is Jack, yes. not Cole or I. It's my dog, the third man in the room. The mascot of the show. Yeah, uh, looking ahead, we've got uh, UFC on ESPN6, headlined by Dominic Reyes and Chris Weidman. Uh, it's got some decent fights on it. Other than that, um, that's pretty much it. There's a few things... Uh, to talk about, but really they're not really worth talking about, I guess. You saw Joe Schilling got knocked out at Bellator? Yep! That was violent. Violent. He, he gets knocked out violently and he knocks people out violently. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Yeah. Ride or die, as yeah. the children say. What does that mean? Uh, it means... Uh, I, I don't know. I um, just say it. Automobile accidents are the I want to be cool. Leading cause of death um, in America. Unnatural death, you know, violent death, not heart attacks. Uh, I kind of just made that up, so don't quote me on it. But what I was going to say was that ride or die, you could easily do both. You could be riding and also die. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I just don't get it. Um, with that being said... Um, that's pretty much all I've got to talk about. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is PTD reminding you to donate to uh, at P-F-H-A-H-E-E-N zero at iCloud.com for uh, all of Cole's AIDS medication that uh, I probably won't buy with the money you send. So, uh, Cole, go ahead and give him a song to get on out here to. Uh, my butthole is the size of Texas. Oh my god, um, it is so huge. I am Cole. Cole's not talking in the background. Just to be clear, that was Cole's not, not talking in the background. Okay. Uh, my butthole is... seeps into Mexico <laughs> because Sir? it is massive. Are you, accusing, are you accusing me of chemical pollution? Yes. Wow. Turn your butthole. Um, Anyway, uh, I was going to tag some other, or, you know, plug some other stuff, but honestly, after... Yeah, you know what you need to plug. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, Patrick's got to report to his PO. If he gets out of there, we'll be back next week. Um, Until then, tally-ho.